Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. If you would like to participate in online worship, sermons, and children's programs, then check out the Renaissance Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, let's get started. Well, welcome. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at Renaissance. And uh, I just want to pray for us this morning. God, we, we welcome you. Uh, we welcome uh, everything that you would have to say. God, would you open your word? Uh, God, may your words pierce to our hearts and minds, and may uh, anything that would just be of me just, just dissipate and fall flat. But God, we trust you, and we trust and, and honor your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. About uh, several years ago, we were, uh, a family member was bringing a van uh, down that we were going to uh, buy, and, and they, they had to drive about eight or nine hours, and so they, 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 they come the eight or nine hour trip, and, and they, they, they find at the end of the trip, man, their leg was so sore, they're like, this didn't have cruise control, but other than that, you know, it was a great van, and, and uh, so I, I later get in the van, and I'm like, it has cruise control. The cruise control is, is, is right there. They drove, they drove all that way, and they drove without cruise control, and the whole time that it was available to them. Might, might I suggest or submit, propose to you that, that there, there could be a, an aspect or an area of, of your Christian walk that you might have cruise control. You might have something available to you that you are not walking in. Um, I'm talking about having a, a spirit-informed and a, a spirit-empowered life. Now, if, uh, if, you're, if you're like me and you grew up in a, uh, in, a, in a Pentecostal charismatic church, then you might tighten up a little bit. You know, you, there's some areas right now, when, even when somebody says Holy Spirit or, or baptismal Holy Spirit or, or any of those, those phrases, you, you remember maybe some of the abuses of the Holy Spirit, and 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 I would I would say I'm I'm right there with you. There was one time Jen and I were uh, in a church. This was before kids, and I was about third or fourth row back, and the worship service was going great and fine. And then they they called people up to the front for prayer, and you know I'm just, this is our first time there. We're just checking out the church, and and uh, the lady comes up with the mic, and and uh, she calls me from the the third or fourth row to to, to come up, and and this. I'm, that was not anything that's unusual. That was something that, that, would, that was kind of normal to me to, 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 that would happen. So she calls me to come up and asks me to raise my hands and then begins hitting my hands. And that's where it got a little, got a little weird. And uh, then she puts her hand on my abdomen and, and begins to, to press in. And, and I'm thinking, is she checking to see what I had for breakfast? I mean, am I here? Is, she, is this a liver check? Like, like she was just really, really getting into it. And I think what she wanted to happen was for me to to fall down and and so she said some some things and kind of immediately I'm like let her let her be done and and I turned around walked to that third row grabbed my wife's purse and I was out the door and I'm standing in the parking lot and by this time I'd been I'd been through through Bible college I was, I was a pastor and I was just, I was frustrated I was angry I was mad my heart was racing more than than it ever race before. And I, I was mad because of how the Holy Spirit was abused. And I love God and his working in and through people. But when the abuse of the Holy Spirit, 
the abuse of God happens, man, that just, it, it, it irritated me to my core. And I don't think I've ever been that angry. And so if I can, I want to apologize to for churches or for maybe a pastor where you've had that experience yourself, where you've seen the abuses of the Holy Spirit, you've seen the Bible used in a wrong way. Can, can, I, can I apologize to you the, this morning? And, and what I want to do is for us to take kind of a healthy look at, a scriptural look at living a Spirit-informed, Spirit-empowered life, welcoming the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit into our life. There, there's occasions where um, we were at a restaurant and uh, we had five kids. It's been uh, a couple years ago, and and I just felt the Lord say, uh, "I want you to give an extravagant gift to this waitress." Now, we've never been. This is several hundred dollars he was asking us to give, and and this was we've never been kind of in a spot where it's like several hundred dollars with with that many kids is never a sacrifice, never a stretch. So it was a sacrifice and a stretch, but I was leaning in. I was saying, okay, God, I, I want to obey your voice. I don't want to miss you over a couple hundred dollars. So, so we gave, we wrote the check, we left and we, we walked out and this waitress chased us out of the, out of the rest, found us in the parking lot and said, you don't understand. You don't understand. This was exactly what I need to pay my my rent, my rent's due, and I, and I don't have it. This is an answer to prayer. And we were able to pray with her there in the parking lot. See, Jesus, he gives us, he fills us with his spirit, and a spirit-informed and a spirit-empowered life glorifies God and encourages and edifies and builds up those around us. We were driving through the, the mountains. It was just Jen and I. We had no kids, right? And so I was wanting to get to the destination if if you know what I mean. And we stopped to get gas in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the mountains. And it was just me and the clerk and, and you know, paying for my snacks. And, and the Lord wants me to, to say something. This is a stranger. I don't know her. And, and I'm like, yeah, I just want to get to my destination. So I go back out to the car saying nothing. And it's just so strong and so heavy on my heart to say something to her. So I go back into the, the gas station and I say, you don't know me, and I don't know you, but but God sees you, and I just feel like He wants me to to say that He sees you, He knows you, and He know and He hears your prayers and what you're going through, and everything's going to be okay. Is it okay if I if I pray with you? And she just begins to 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 weep and, and to cry. Her her dad is in in one hospital, and her brother's had an accident, is in another hospital, and they're both hours away, and here she is feeling helpless because she's got to go to work because she needs the money, and she doesn't know what to do. And so she was encouraged because somebody listened to the Holy Spirit to speak. One more example. There was uh, a Christmas where Jen and I felt like we were supposed to give our Christmas. And to do that, it, it was going to affect our kids. Like if we, give, if we give the money that we were going to buy each other gifts with, it's going to affect our kids. And we didn't feel like we could do that without bringing our kids and getting our, our kids in, involved in that. So we, we set our kids in a circle and, and we just began to, to talk to them and explain to them what we felt like God was, was asking of us. Um, but we didn't want to do it with, kind of without their, their blessing or their permission and one by one, the kids jumped up 
And they went and they grabbed their piggy banks and their jars and all their chains and they bring it to that circle. And they say, we want to we wanna give too. And I'm not saying because we gave, God gave, or we gave to get. We didn't give to get. We gave because we were obeying the voice of the Lord. And because of that, God spoke that, that next day, and he said, there's going to be 12, this is going to be like the 12 days of Christmas. And it was 12 days until, until Christmas. And there were some significant things that we got a new van given to us. I got a, a ray, my, my bonus check tripled. There was like significant things that happened each of those 12 days. And again, I'm not saying that because we gave and we gave to get, but I'm telling you because we were obedient, God is a good father and he, he blessed us. We had a couple take us out to Chinese and the kids love Chinese and, and they, they bought the kids presents and they said, can we give you guys, we want to give you guys some money so that you can buy the kids presents too. So they were able to, to have their Christmas presents. And I'm telling you, living a spirit-informed, spirit-empowered life is just like that. It's just hearing the voice of God and doing what he's called you to do. It glorifies him and it edifies and it builds up other people. Now, that's all anecdotal. That's all, that's all me hearing the voice of God and doing those things, having those experiences. But what I want us to do right now is to, to look in Scripture and to, to see the Holy Spirit coming and empowering believers to glorify God and encourage and build each other up. If you'll turn with me to Acts 19. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus. You might be familiar with Ephesus, the church in Ephesus, Ephesians, became one of the, the major churches there. But this is before anything. And it's on the coast and where he found several believers. And he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they're like, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And then he's like, okay, let me, let me check. You know, we, say, we, we think we're surrounded by believers. Let me check. What, then what baptism did you experience, he asked them. And they replied, the baptism of John, speaking of John the Baptist. So Paul says, John's baptism called for repentance of sin, right, salvation. John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come after Later, meaning Jesus. So they repented of their sin and they were believing in Jesus who was to come after. So they were, they were, say, they were believers. And as, soon as, but Paul said, and as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, water baptism. Then Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and they prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So we see three different things happening. They were saved, they, they were repentance of sin, that they would believe on Jesus, who was to come, right? So they were, they were saved, salvation. They were then baptized in the name of Jesus, water baptism. Then they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there's three separate things happening there. And what, what, what is baptism? What does that even mean? It's, it's one, one of the words in the Bible that is, is transliterated. I mean, it's not translated into an English word, but we, baptism is, is, a, is a Greek word from baptizo, meaning to immerse, and they would use it, in, it with dye. So they would, if you would take a white cloth and you would immerse it in indigo or, or red or purple or whatever, and you would bring it up, it's no longer white, but it's the color that you've immersed it in. 
Uh, Pastor Jeff told me about a, a, an ancient manuscript recipe um, that was back then where they used that same word, but it was to, to pickle things. So you would immerse a cucumber, right, in vinegar, right? Who likes dill? Dill, we got any sweet pickle fans? Okay, hot and spicy, those are my people. Okay, I'm hearing the voice of my wife in my head. You're not here to talk about pickles. Move on. All right. So it would be, it would be immersed in vinegar, and it'd come out different, right? It'd come out changed. and You'd immerse that cloth in the, in the dye, and it would come out different. It'd come out changed because it had been immersed. And so what, what water baptism is, is that death to that old man, simply. So there's, there's three different baptisms. I want to look at those in Scripture. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. It says, by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, that is Jesus. By one spirit, the Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, that is the body of Christ Jesus. So the Holy Spirit, number one, baptizes us in Jesus. Number two, the disciple or the believer baptizes us in water. See, it doesn't have to be a pastor. We, we here at Wren, um, we've been planning and, and trying, you know, getting the new space ready and, and said we're going we're gonna to have a baptismal, we're going to have a baptismal. And that is truly our desire in our heart. And then COVID and all these challenges. But let me tell you, half of you have bought a pool through this COVID season, right? And, and you have a bathtub. Find a disciple. Find a believer. And have them baptize you. If you feel more comfortable, you can call and, and Pastor Jeff or, or, or myself, we, we would love to come and be a part, part of that. But be baptized. Don't wait. Baptism, the disciple or the believer baptizes us into water, number two. And that's that one of the, the last words of Jesus was in Matthew 28 before he ascended into heaven. It's the, it's the Great Commission. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, he was telling us to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And number three, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Have you received, have you welcomed or been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Baptism of the Holy Spirit happens at salvation. This is, this, is, this is Bible, right? We are sealed, the Bible says, for the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. right? Jen and I, we love to go to thrift stores. Maybe your experience like this has been in a, in a furniture store or something. And she will, she will find that, that perfect end table or whatever it is she's looking for, right? And she'll, this is it. This is it. I cannot believe we found it. And you know, she and come here, come here. She brings me over. She said, "This is." And then we see the tag, right? You've done. Maybe you've done this at the furniture store, at the thrift store. See the tag. It's sold. It's on hold. Somebody else is is going to redeem it later, right? It's it's been sealed. It's been marked for redemption. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit seals Mark. He says, "That one is mine. That's the, that's my child. That's the child of God." We're sealed, we're marked for the, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We are saved, that's salvation. But baptism in, baptism with the Holy Spirit is a separate 
thing. One of the things that, uh, that makes it important, Pastor Jeff talked about last week, that there's, there, in, in all four Gospels we find the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Right? And, the, and then the miracle he talked about, about feeding the 5,000, that was recorded in, in all the Gospels. There's, there's another thing that is in every single one of them. And that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 3, verse 11, he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In Mark 1, 8, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Right? This is Luke 3, 16, but he will baptize you with spirit and fire. John 1, 33, the one whom you see the spirit descend and remain or descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Speaking, so this is generally John the Baptist saying, but there's one that's going to come after me that will baptize. I baptize with water, but there's one who's coming after me, Jesus, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus himself is our example in this. Jesus is salvation, right? He doesn't need to receive salvation. He is salvation, right? And he didn't need to be water baptized, but he said to fulfill the scriptures, he was water baptized for our example, right? The spirit descended as a dove and remained on Jesus. He was baptized. He was received. He welcomed the Holy Spirit. And then he, that began his ministry where he walked out what it was like what it would be like for us to, to live that spirit-informed. He said and did the things that he heard the Father say, and he went where he heard the Father go, a spirit-informed and a spirit-empowered life. The, uh, the big one, if you're, especially if you're of the Pentecostal persuasion, we're getting into acts, and you, I, I don't know if I need to, ah, ha, ha, need to add the ha or not, or the clear my throat guttural, noises, but maybe that's, that's what you're used to when you get into Acts. I'm going to try to do it without that for the benefit of everyone else, okay? All right, so Acts 1-5. Jesus is saying, don't leave here until the Father sends the gift he promised, that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is telling, and really he's telling a group of, of about 500 people, don't leave, wait, right? Don't leave until you received the Holy Spirit. And so Acts 2, one chapter later, we see 120 are still gathered in the upper room. We have 120 that listened, that listened to the words of Jesus before, before he ascended into heaven. Right? There's, there's 120 left. And they're waiting. Acts 2.37. This is after the Holy Spirit comes. It, descent, it falls on them, and it says, as if tongues of fire, and they begin to speak in, in other tongues. And you got to remember, Jerusalem is, is, is buzzing for Pentecost. This is 50 days. Penta, the Pentecost is made up of two words. Penta meaning five, and coste meaning to the power of 10. It just means 50, right? It's 50 days after Passover. So there's these people in Jerusalem from, from all over the area, all over the region, 
And they're, they're having this celebrated festival-like activity, thousands of people. And here in the upper room, there's 120. There's a sound as if a mighty rushing wind, and there's tongues of fire. And they begin to speak in other tongues as, as, as they were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And people are like, what's going on up there? You know, some are saying, oh, they're, 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 they just had, they've celebrated a little too hard, right? They're just, they're just drunk. And Peter gets up and he says, we're not drunk as you suppose. And begins to explain to them the gospel and about Jesus and what he came and, and his death and his burial and his resurrection. And, and they're cut to the heart. And many of them say this in, in verse 37. Well, what, what should we do? What, what should our response be? And listen to, to his words in, in 2.38. He says, repent and turn to God. Right? That's, that's, number, that's salvation. Be baptized in the name of Jesus, right? That's, that's the water baptism. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, the gift of the Holy Spirit is not tongues, right? The gift of the Holy Spirit is not prophecy. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Like tongue, we, so many people reduce, they reduce the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit to, to tongues, it's not just that. It is so much more. It's a spirit-informed and a spirit-empowered life that glorifies God and edifies and builds up others, ministers to others. Right? That's, that's why we want to be filled. That's why we want to welcome the Holy Spirit. We want to receive the Holy Spirit. If there's, if there's a cruise control that, I don't, that I'm not noticing, that I'm, I don't have access to, then God, I want everything that you have for me. Is there anything that I'm missing? God, am I missing something? Because I want everything you have for me. That's, that's the heart that I want, and, and that's hopefully, hope for you that that's the heart that you would have as well. God, if it's you, I want it. Acts 2.39, the very next verse. This promise, who is this for? What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit just for the 120 in the upper room? Was the, the baptism with the Holy Spirit just for those who had gathered? 3,000 were added to the church that day. 3,000 responded when they said, what shall we do? And he tells them, you need to be saved, you need to be baptized with water, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 3,000 said, yes, that's me, I'm there. Acts 2.39, this promise is for you, your children, and for those afar off. Those afar off, that's you. Those afar off, that's me. Those afar off, that's us, church. That is us. He wants us to live a spirit-informed and a spirit-empowered life that glorifies God and, and edifies and builds up and ministers to others. Scripture confirms this, all, all, all three of these, these baptisms. Acts 2.38 tells us, Right, we just read it, to repent, salvation, to be baptized, water baptism, right, and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, bapti baptism in the, with the Holy Spirit. Five years later in Acts 8, the same thing. People are told to believe salvation, then they were water baptized, and afterwards Peter and John prayed that they would receive the Holy Spirit. 25 years later, where we began in Acts 19 in Ephesus with that group of 12 guys that had received the baptism of John, the same pattern of all three baptisms, 
right? They were, they were saved, they repented of their sin and were believing in the, the Jesus, the Christ that were to come. They were baptized in the name of Jesus and then they received with the laying on of hands the, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So are you, are you saved? Do you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and that no one comes to the Father except through him? Do you have, have salvation? And if you're saved, have you been water baptized? Is there anything keeping you from being water baptized where you would say the old is cut off and I'm identifying with Jesus in his death, burial, and then resurrection right to that new life? Is there any reason why you haven't been water baptized? Again, I encourage you, jump in that pool, find a disciple, find a believer, fill a bathtub, make it happen. Right? Have you welcomed the Holy Spirit? Have you welcomed the Holy Spirit so that you can live a spirit-informed, spirit-empowered life that glorifies God, that edifies, that builds up, and that ministers to others? Well, it's good news, isn't it? Let me try that again. It is great news, um, and, and there's a number of reasons why it's really great news. Uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, and this is maybe ad nauseum for many of you if you've heard me say this before, um, but Jesus is so kind to us that he would never call us to live a life that was impossible for us to live. He would never call us to be um, reckless might be the wrong word, but reckless in our giving, like Josh and Jen were saying at the beginning, giving great big gifts to servers at waitresses and giving their Christmas away. God would never call us to do those things without empowering us by his Holy Spirit to walk in obedience into those things. Um, I have a very strong inclination right now that there are people in here who have experienced salvation, who know what it's like to repent of their sins, to trust Jesus for the eternal life that is promised to them, but have stopped short of asking God to give the fullness of his spirit to them. Just like those um, saved Christians that the Apostle Paul ran into in Acts chapter 19, when Paul says, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, I didn't even know what that was. And, and just so you know, Josh did a great job of explaining what that could mean for us. The only thing that remains is that those of us who have not fully received um, that baptism into the Holy Spirit, we just need to ask God. He, he used the language we need to welcome God into our lives. And doesn't that sound right to us? See, the thing that I love about God, and especially the Holy Spirit, is he is a gentleman, and he will not overcome you, and he will not overpower you. He will come into your life when you welcome him in. So for those of you in the room that would like an opportunity to welcome the Holy Spirit into your life, I want to pray with you. And so I'm going to pray as I close, and the band's going to come back, and we're going to sing another song and worship Jesus. But if you at any moment want to welcome the Holy Spirit into your life, you can just repeat after me kind of in your heart of hearts, Lord, I want this. So let's pray together. God, we welcome your Spirit with us. We welcome the power of your Spirit into our lives. We, we invite you to come and be a part of everything that we have, God. 
We trust your son, Jesus, to be the way, the truth, and the life unto salvation, that he will never let us down. There's no amount of working that we can do to earn our way into heaven. Jesus has secured that for us. And God, while we wait to live in eternity with you, we have an opportunity to live by your spirit. So dear God in heaven, would you send your Holy Spirit? We welcome your Holy Spirit into our lives. We ask God, that you would come and that you would reach into parts of our lives that you're desperate to change, that you're desperate to make new. God, we ask that you would come. We do not seek just the evidences of your spirit. As Josh mentioned, tongues and prophecy, and as great as those things are, God, what we want is your spirit first. And God, we thank you for everything that you do. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Renaissance Podcast. I hope that God has spoken to you through this message and that you're encouraged to continue pursuing Him. If you would like to get connected with what's going on here at Renaissance, then find us on social media or visit us online at rendicator.org. Remember to check out the Renaissance Church at Home page for online worship, sermons, and children's programs that are being offered during the COVID-19 outbreak.